Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Ann DeSantis, and it's great to have you with us this morning. Thank you for tuning in and being live with us. I want to welcome our live audience uh, listening on YouTube, on Twitter, and also on Podbean. So thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our uh, ministry and mission uh, here to sow hope into broken hearts. Uh, so I'll bring on my co-host and uh, friend, Ann DeSantis. Uh, welcome, Ann, and thanks so much for being here. As always, it's a nice morning here in Wisconsin. How about in Philadelphia? Oh, here it's great. You know, I know that sometimes August gets a bad rap because of being so hot, but, you know, I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great summer. It really has. Very good. Very good. Uh, so tell us who we have as a guest today. Uh, I'm excited. Yes, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Nicole Flynn. She is a wife, mother, author, and a motivational speaker from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I just want to read a little paragraph from her website here. I thought this would explain a little bit about her. The website is trialsoffaith.com. So I invite you to check out that website. It says life can change in an instant. Brendan and Nicole Flynn are living examples of that, both having survived accidents which left them with severe traumatic brain injuries. After meeting in rehab, falling in love, and becoming husband and wife, they have now turned their circumstances around by making it their life mission to serve God by educating people with their faith stories. And they have five children. Nicole is also 32 weeks pregnant at this time, I believe, Nicole. So we welcome you. That's Thank right. you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you this morning? I'm pretty good. Uh, it's kind of gray out here, but it's beautiful weather. It's already, leaves are already changing here in Ohio. And fall is my favorite season. It's the season I was married to my husband in. Amazing. So, you know, we have so much to share about your story. And I'd love for you to take some time and just take us on that journey. We are ready to listen because this is going to be a beautiful story of faith. All right. So as all of you know, or have out from dealing with this crazy world and this pandemic and all the catastrophe in it, um, life is not easy. I began to, um, learned that when I was no more than five years old, when my parents couldn't get along, they only got married, honestly, because my mother was pregnant with me, and they ultimately decided to split, and my my um, mother got a living boyfriend who was 19 years old, and he was into marijuana and all these drugs and stuff, and he ended up sexually molesting me and assaulting me multiple times. And I wound up in foster care during the divorce. So I went through a few different homes. I went through a whole bunch of emotional stuff. Went through counseling. I had to stand in front of a judge and a jury. And I had to testify as to what he had done to me as he sat there in front of me and gave me the iciest glare in the world. 
it was difficult to get through, but God gave me the courage to get through it. So I got through that. And after the divorce got through, I ended up, all of the kids actually, ended up getting placed with my father, who was a corrections officer. But he was an alcoholic. And he was very, very selfish. And so, so and I ended up being the mother hen and taking care of us all, walking almost a mile to us on the table before he'd go on his date at night. And he um, decided that, oh, cool, the internet's popular now. So let's hop on the internet. Let's meet all of these people. Let's date whoever I can. And he ended up meeting a woman from Arkansas when I was 13. And he decided that he needed to go and meet this woman in Arkansas. So he took one of my brothers with him and left me with my younger brother, my younger sister at 13 and went down to Arkansas and just left us for like two or three days. And he came home within a few days, of course, with her in tow. And he went crazy. He freaked out because he had an order served on him while I was married. And I wasn't the one that had the order served on him. It was his wife that had the order served on him. But I had to pay for it. So oh, we, had all, we had a all-out, drag-out race through the house, up the stairs, down the stairs. He was dragging me. He was grabbing me. And like I said, he was a corrections officer. Seems kind of irrelevant, but it was totally relevant because of the fact that I called 911 and I got the cops sent to the house. And he he immediately saw the sheriffs and the police officers up. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got an out-of-control team. You got to help me with her. And so the sheriffs came in. They didn't look at my arms. They didn't look at my legs. They didn't look at the broken window upstairs. They didn't look at anything. They're like, you got to stay here. You got to chill. You have to relax for tonight. We'll deal with everything in 24 hours, but you have to relax. I'm like, okay. I'm like falling on the floor and crying and I'm all bruises and I'm swollen. And then they just totally and completely ignore me. So I get through that night and I go with, with my aunt the following day. We went to, um, I went with youth group to see Passion of the Christ. And after what I just been through, it made the passion that much more emotionally tolling on me. But um, I ended up spending that with my aunt. And it was that night, little did I know, that he was packing the house up, all the kids, all their bedrooms. And I was going to come home the following day to find a completely empty house, except for my room. My room was left untouched. So my aunt calls authorities and decides to take me in. And I get through high school by some miracle. And um, I end up staying active with youth group. And at the time, I'm in a um, Methodist youth group. Well, that Methodist youth group decides that they're going to switch churches. So they end up moving to a Methodist Presbyterian church. So I followed. And in my senior year, I was youth group president. And every summer, we used to go to a Christian music festival called Kingdom Bound, where, which is where I saw all these great musicians and motivational speakers. And I got the tug on my heart letting me know, okay, so I didn't put you through all of this for no reason. There's a reason. I want you to speak and I want you to tell everyone of how much strength they can get from all of their circumstances if they pray and they stay faithful. So I need you to go out there. I need you to tell your story so that everyone can see what great things can happen. 
well, little did I know, he had so much more in store for me. I had to go through a little bit more to get to the point of everything that was in store for me. Um, I was 18 years, it was when I was 18 and got through high school, I got a um, full, pretty much full ride scholarship to one of the best Christian colleges in New York State where I was wrestling in college. And it was for youth ministry and motivational speaking. And it was four days after my high school graduation. I literally walked across the stage four days previous to this. We go bowling and I went to run to my car, which was across the street from their house. And there was a distracted driver coming down, coming speeding down the road, going 37 miles and paying attention, even though she was in front of a community center with kids. And she hit me. When I say hit, I don't mean nudge. I mean full on hit me as in my head was hard. I'm, people like to call me hard head. And I say, yeah, I got proof. I sputter being cracked her entire windshield. Now, it's easy to crack a windshield from inside a car when you're in an accident. It's pretty hard to crack a windshield when you are outside of the car. I fractured my skull, my hip, and my ankle and was incapacitated. I remained in that state for a month and a half. I was airlifted to a city hospital from the town hospital. And... Like I said, I was comatose for a month and a half. And then once I got came to, I got transferred to a rehabilitation hospital. It was when I was in the rehabilitation hospital that I really, I started to become a little more myself. I came out of the coma in the first hospital, Strong Hospital. And the reason they knew that I was, there was hope was because they were singing praise songs. And... And I was a praise and worship band singer. And I started, and then everyone that um, cared about me, my friends and everything, they were staying all around my hospital bed. And I learned sign language, finger spelling, when I was in fifth grade. And I retained it. And I looked at all of them and I signed L-O-V-E. And... They're like, wait, what? And so just make sure they understood what I was saying. And it's like L-O-V-E for a second time. And then I, um, when I totally came to, I started to lip sync, like I said. And they're like, oh yeah, she's, she's two. She's ready to be transferred to a second hospital. It was when I was in that second hospital that I totally started remembering everything. And piecing together what had happened to me. I was slightly confused because of the fact that I was not in school because in my mind, my brain, I was still in high school because it happened so close to after grade marine things got. And I looked at my um, high school English teacher and I called him Moto. And I said, Moto, when he came to visit me, I looked at him and said, Moto, why am I not in school? And he got the saddest face in the world. And he looked at me and he's like, Nick, you're in a really bad accident. So I was going through, so from that point on, I went through rehab, continued to go through rehab and struggled to get up and get moving. And I remember the day that I totally remember figured out everything that was going on I literally sat in my hospital bed and threw my hands up in the air and pled with the Lord I was like God listen I've been through a bunch already and now you're putting me through this I don't know how you want to use me but I want to speak about you I want to tell people how good you are I need you to help me get through this rehab. I need to be able to walk. I need to be able to talk. 
and I want you to use me and my story to help all the people that I can and tell all the people in the world that I can about you and your goodness. Oh, and oh, by the way, could you send me a really cute Christian guy? <laughs> because, you know, I was 19 at the time. <laughs> That's where my mind was. <laughs> Boys. And little did I know that he would send me someone because I was in rehab. My first year of outpatient rehab, I gotten out of my third hospital and I was going to the day program and I was literally on the floor scooping animal poop and cleaning animal cages and in walked the sexiest guy I have ever laid my eyes on. He was tattooed and he had freckles and I had just gone to Ireland months before meeting him with a physically disabled athletic team and so my mind was all Ireland all the time at that point and I was like oh and one of the program members is like okay Nick I have someone I want you to meet so I stood up grabbed my quad cane hobbled over to him he's like hi I'm Brendan I'm like oh hi and I'm like struggling to get my breath at this point. And I'm like, hi, I'm Nikki. And he keeps talking to me. And then I turn and walk away, gasping for air. And I'm like, wow. And we get put in the car because at the time we were doing animal presentations to rehabilitate our brains and help with our memories. We're both speakers doing that. We get put in the car, same car, going up to a trip in Auburn, New York, which is, I think, 90% sure, the state capital. Um, and we talked the whole entire way there. We studied our animals for the presentation the following day, the entire night. And you know, you, you got something special going on when you will sit there for hours on end and study centipedes and millipedes with someone <laughs> and still talk and then still talk to them after they've had bugs put all over their face and all over their shoulders for the show and um we got through our presentations and we did great and we of course got put in the same car again on the way home which is the point that he asked me to date him and I said, no, because like I was in a rough situation and I was like, I, I can't. And then it literally took me two minutes to sit there and think about the answer that I'd given him to go, oh my gosh, yes, I'll date you. And from then on, it's pretty much history. And now we have relocated to um, Cincinnati. I am pregnant with our fifth child, despite being told that I was not going to be able to have children because of the trauma from my childhood combined with the trauma from my adolescence combined with the trauma from my accident and God is good and that's pretty much all I've got to say because I can't even imagine what is going to happen next with me with this world and I hope that someone out there has heard this and gotten some kind of encouragement from it. Well, I can tell you for sure, at least two. <laughs> and we know many, many more than that, because, you, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, sainthood. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you are an amazing person who is so close to God. And I want to say that uh, I'm sorry for all that you've been through. And and your story is just, I felt it right inside my heart. And I'm sure that others who are listening did too, because God has still stayed with you during all this time. How beautiful is that? And how beautiful is that God has answered so many of your prayers, despite all the pain. So I just uh, commend you for sticking to your faith and for your daily prayer. Nicole, and even for the prayer that we said right before the show, <laughs> that was, that was a, a wonderful thing that we could come to the Lord before we, we came on the air and that was your idea. So I think it's just a testimony of your own faith. 
Um, so thank you. Thank you from all of us. I would like to invite people to go to your website and learn even more at trialsoffaith.com. It's a beautiful website. It, some of these sections in that website are home accidents, our story, the blog, events, photos, videos, bio, testimonial, and a contact page. So Nicole, take us maybe up to speed right now. You said you are pregnant with your fifth child and you and your husband have made this journey of faith that really the primary purpose of your lives. You're both people of faith. So tell us about what's been going on right now for you, you know, after all the things that you have been through. Like I said, um, I think I said, or at least in my head I did. Um, I've always known that there is a purpose for everything. Nothing is in vain with God. And there's so many to learn from every, every single thing that anyone goes through. My husband and I have been married going on 12 years in September. And we have four coming five little blessings. And I have known that my vocation has been to be a motivational speaker since I was in 10th grade. Um, my story got a little more complex, but he sent me an amazing man and my husband was, he's a creole Catholic, but his faith journey has been incredible as well. He used to date me back when I was, back before we got engaged and he would attend mass and then come to church with me. Um, but just so that he got the Eucharist, he would attend mass the night before and God has done some incredible things. We have an amazing devotion to the rosary. Our children will not go to bed unless we are in the room with them at first saying a, a rosary. So it's like dance party and then rosary. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Every night before bed. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that is, that is amazing. Our children are... Our children are blessed, and we found once we moved, I should start by saying we were from New York, and we lived in New York when we met. We started going on vacation on our anniversary every year. The first anniversary, we went to a Boston Red Sox game because, you know, I'm, the Boston Red Sox are awesome, and I'm a cool wife and all that jazz. And then we started coming to see our friends in Cincinnati almost every single year. And every single year, God would tug on my heart, telling me, all right, this is where I want you, this is where I want you. And after a whole bunch of things went on and a whole lot of hurt happened, we ended up deciding it was time to take the leap of faith. So I had reunited with my siblings who had been taken from me well not for me but my father had abandoned me when I was 13 years old and he went to live with someone in another state and it was in the middle of the night and it was honestly probably the best thing that ever could happen to me although it was kind of very confusing we met and reunited at my grandfather's funeral so it was oh. my grandfather was a very strong Christian who was always a devout family man um so even in his passing he did an amazing thing he reunited me with my siblings I didn't think that I would see them hmm. ever again to tell you the truth because I was in New York my father moved to Arkansas um with the boys and my sister, Whitney, my sister ended up coming back to be with our stepmother and live with her. But the boys, I thought it was hopeless. Um, in his passing, he reunited us and I was able to, my, we reunited like about six months before my youngest brother, Derek proposed to his wife, Melissa. And okay. 
they asked our kids to be in their wedding. So it was when we were in um, Cincinnati, because we flew out of Cincinnati, that God sent us, after years of searching for the perfect home, the perfect home. He sent it to us. And it was in Cincinnati. So now I don't have to deal with my EDS and flights of stairs. I can actually not have POTS problems and I can just walk through my house like a normal person and not worry about dropping people or getting dizzy or falling down. And God has been doing great things since we moved to Cincinnati. He has opened like about a million different new outlets for us for speaking. Um, I just got done doing while the pandemic was going on, which I thought, you know, there's no way that I'll be able to speak at all or that God will use me throughout this pandemic. There's nothing good that's going to come of it, right? So when the pandemic is going on, we get an email through our website from Dominic D'Souza of Smart Catholics. Yeah, and that's how we met. He hooked us up. <laughs> yeah, it is. He hooked my husband and I up with doing talks. Like originally, my husband and I only exclusively spoke together. But we have very separate, very complex topics that we both hit individually. So Dominic was like, hey, you know, I think that it might be a good thing if you guys each do your own talk this time. I was like, okay. So for the second time in my life, I spoke since I got married, I should say. For the second time since we got married, I spoke solo. Um, It was right after moving there that I did my first solo speaking engagement. And it was at, um, give me a minute, please. National Right to Life. And they had their conference down in uh, um, Charlotte, North Carolina. And I did that alone. And from that talk, I got asked to come to West Virginia and do a keynote speech. So it was a little Amazing. that my that my story was that impactful that I got asked to be a keynote speaker the second time that I ever spoke alone. Wow. And now this interview, I didn't think anything was going to come at the conference because I didn't think I struggled so much to get my video taped for that conference between the craziness of the kids, the devil interrupting my train of thought, um, dogs and puppies running in the room. (laughs) It was so, I had never never done anything online before so it was a totally different feeling because I tend to when I speak I draw off the energy of the crowd and I just let the spirit guide and I don't even know that this was my most perfect presentation either because the fact that I just I just don't and from that less than perfect presentation came and that's what I think is it less than just letting the spirit guide and trusting and praying and hoping that somebody somewhere gets something out of something that will get said yeah you know uh Nicole I'm just so um uplifted by your story and I'm so um I'm so blown away by the trust that you have, um, with, with, you know, of, of the Holy spirit just to lead you. Uh, and I think that there's so many people out there listening to this, uh, whether it's live or on, on demand later and just hearing the same thing, hearing the, the, the beauty of your story, um, and, and the trust that you have, um, placed in God to do um, what 
what he wants you to do in your life, you know, by, 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 by placing that trust in God, um, he's just going to lead you. And so what a beautiful testimony and testament of faith uh, for both you and your husband to be able to do what the Lord is calling you to do. And I think there are so many little small things in your story that lead, that, that kind of string together and lead you um, and your husband uh, and even your children um, to, to just knowing him, knowing him intimately and, and doing his will. And I, and I think that oftentimes we, we get distracted um, by Satan, by the world, uh, by just disordered desire that floats around our society, and we don't focus on the mission that God has called us to do. You know, sometimes we feel it, we know it in our heart, that God is calling me to do this, and if I follow this path, yeah, there's going to be some, you know, rough times. Nothing is going to be perfect. But, but I know that God is calling me to do this, and to do it well, and we ignore it. You know, you don't ignore it. You do it. And I think that's such an uplifting thing for a lot of people. And it's a good reminder that we just need to do what God is calling us to do. And we got to pray about what God is calling us to do, right? I mean, if, if we have an intimate knowledge that God is calling us to do this, and we don't follow through and we don't do it, and we do something else, you know, there's something out there about this that, that your story highlights just simply doing God's will and following his will, and it's led to wonderful things for you. And, uh, the, you, know, you know, the plans that God has for us are, are wonderful. So thank you for humbly sharing your story and humbly uh, following God's will in your life because I think that if we do those things, we end up, um, you know, Becoming saints, we end up, and, and that's the goal in life, you know, uh, to do God's will. It's not about all this other stuff, and it's easy to get swept away by all this other stuff. So, um, so yeah, praise, praise God, and, uh, and, and thank you just for your beautiful, you know, witness. It's, it's been wonderful to listen to it and hear it today. Um, so, so thank you so much for, for all that you do and, and do for the church. Um, you know, you... I, I'm wondering if maybe you can just touch on a little bit of your, uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, conversion to, to, to the Catholic faith, uh, do you, because your, your, your husband was a cradle Catholic, and, and now you've uh, moved into the, the, the Catholic faith, I'm assuming, so maybe you just want to touch on that a little bit for our listeners, because I know we have a lot of uh, different people who are journeying along different steps in their faith that might help them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was baptized not knowing as a um infant and in, as in catholic faith um but like everything i went through and i wasn't going to church my father didn't started to rehab from one call at one point like five points and um he brought us to a baptist church so i found myself even though he stopped going to church, walking almost a mile to church every Sunday. And I was baptized in full immersion Baptist. And then when he abandoned me, I was Methodist. And then my youth group switched to a Methodist Presbyterian church, which is where I was when I met my husband. And there were quote unquote Catholics that I went to school with and they would go to church and then they would go crazy and party. And I was like, yeah, so what's this about really? If they're not going to totally well, And my husband is actually the one that brought me to the Catholic faith. He would go to mass. He would come to church with me on Sundays. But before he went to church with me, he would attend mass the previous night. 
just so that he could receive the Eucharist. And it was once I was moved out of the home situation that I was in after my accident um, that I started attending the Catholic Church and, you know, the whole kneeling up and down thing that took a while to get used to. (laughs) But on my heartstrings, as I'm sitting there, the spirit is tugging and I'm like, this feels right. I'm home. There's no, I kept switching denominations because of the fact that there was a rule that they had that was different than another denomination and it just wasn't right. And I was like, here, I'm home. They don't have any modifications to the Bible. They don't have any modifications to rules. They don't have any special exceptions to anything. Mm. It is an age old religion and nothing has changed. And that's beautiful. And as I am, as I'm kneeling, one of the times that I'm, I think it's time I ended up being engaged to my husband, I'm kneeling and, um, the Eucharist had just finished. We just finished receiving the Eucharist after, and I, um, I saw the blood on the cloth. Like there was no white wine there that my husband had just received. There was Jesus' blood on the altar cloth after the priest cleaned the cup. And it was undeniable and it was gorgeous and it was beautiful. And it was the spirit talking and giving me this Eucharistic miracle that I never would have expected to experience. Mm. Thank you for sharing that one. I cannot even begin to um, imagine. Cannot even so, begin to imagine. Thank you. Um, I, from that point, I. That was after I was converted. To um, I had gone through RCIA because I decided that you know it felt right. It was perfect. It was age old, and I did a speed RCIA because like I had had all of this faith background and the priest at the parish and his lay minister decided that I didn't have to do the whole entire year RCIA. They would do it for me in six months so that I could get married in the Catholic church and I could receive at my wedding. Mm. Wow. It's just an incredible journey. What a blessing it is for all of us listening And I want to encourage people who are listening on this podcast or on Fiat Ministry Network to please share this because, you know, Nicole's story and Brendan's story needs to be shared with others. You know, we're going through a very difficult time right now in our country. There's people who are uh, losing their jobs, people who are sick, people who are feeling discouraged in their faith. And Nicole, I just think that your story is something that can uplift all of us to see that despite all of the tragedies of life, that God is still with us and he's still working. And I can't even imagine what you have been through, especially in your childhood and with the accident, but it makes my heart feel so much better that God has given you these beautiful gifts of your, your faith, your marriage, your family, your friends, uh, and also all the beautiful opportunities that you have right now. I want to thank you from me and from Bill and Sewing Hope uh, for just for being you, really, for being you and for your faith and for sharing this with us today. Because you honestly, Nicole, you really made my personal day just hearing uh, this triumphant story of yours. Would you have any advice for those who are listening right now who maybe they are feeling discouraged and need some kind of a reason to go on? When you were going through those tough times, what was it that got you through during those really challenging days? I mean, I think I know the answer, but maybe you can can tell them. In all honesty, it was prayer. And after prayer came music and worship and I'm not an all-star pop singer by any means, but I know that when I sing praise music, 
God lifts my spirit and the spirit moves through me. And when I pray, he, he speaks to me. He speaks to everyone in the most unexpected ways. As of late, um, the biggest thing that I've run into has been naming the baby that I'm carrying in my womb. And I have always been blessed somehow with the gift of naming Beth Marie, Seth William, Veronica Kateri, and Karen James. Very strong Catholic names. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have amazing and incredible stories. Every pregnancy is an amazing, incredible story that goes with it, too. Um, and I was just praying, and I threw my hands up, and I was so frustrated. I was crying at night, and I had this major anxiety issue. And my husband was probably going insane because I'm throwing baby names at him day after day and hour after hour. And I prayed over it and I posted on Facebook. I posted on every single social media that I could to see if anyone could give me something that I didn't already have or hadn't already found in my research. When all of a sudden pops up this baby name and someone who her ministry to name babies but I prayed over it and the answer just kept coming to me you need to get a hold of this person so I talked to my husband and he agrees to the consultation probably because of the fact that I'm driving him insane with baby names but um he agreed to it either way and I contact this person and she takes three weeks communicating with me and getting to know our faith journeys and getting to know what's important to us and finding out that the rosary is important to us. And that's what she specializes in, in Marian names and rosary associated names and saints. And um, she comes back with the consultation and I'm like, all right, God, I've considered every single one of these names. But my problem is I have an association with a person with every single one of these names and you know I don't do that and then out of no I pray again and this name pops into my head I'm not gonna share the name that's my um big thing this pregnancy is that I'm gonna announce the name when the baby's born um but into my head pops this name and then I find out that this name consultant who whose names I didn't choose to use, ends up having this name in the book that she's written. And I'm like, okay, God, so this is your confirmation. This is the name we're going to use. And then literally like two hours later, she emails me, which is very not normal for her because she likes to focus on her kids and her family and her house when she's during the day. She tends to email at night. And she emails me. This woman has contacted her, and it's not about a baby name or anything. She just had someone that she knows and loves that got into an accident with a bicycle. Someone collided with him and hit and, run, hit and ran from his accident, and he is now comatose. And she hopped on her site, and part of her um, ministry is that she shares her consultations on her blog and the person read her blog and she had been following her for years and she read my story and the person that got hit while on the bicycle was comatose and had been for like 12 days or something like that and the very minute that she needed hope that things would get better and that they would eventually see progress and that God was with her was in my story because she read our story about our consultation and God just lifted her spirit. Wow. That's so beautiful ministry. So beautiful. And I know that people who are listening now or sharing this podcast with others, uh, you are encouraging them too. I mean, you've encouraged me so much, Nicole. I I'm just so grateful because you know, 
we all go through those times of life where there's ups and downs, and sometimes the downs are just terrible. So to hear how God has just uh, been with you during all of those tragic times in your life, would you have any advice also for those listening who are parents? Because I know that you really take your parenting very seriously, and especially the fact that you were neglected as a child, uh, but you've turned around and made your children and your, your husband and your family your primary vocation and purpose in life. Any words to them? Um, our children are a direct reflection of their parents. So as long as you stay true to your faith, you teach them prayer and you unite your marriage with prayer. My husband and I say a rosary together multiple times during the day and my children will not go to bed without a rosary. They fall asleep to the rosary. As long as you keep your faith the center of your entire life, the center of your entire marriage, as long as you stay with the Lord, he will guide you throughout every single thing that you face throughout the day. I have a pretty severe anxiety disorder. And whenever I am just feeling overwhelmed, I just take a minute, I take a deep breath, and I pray. Sometimes with my husband, sometimes alone, sometimes with one of my children. And the faith has just strengthened our family as a whole. My eight-year-old to God every day. And it's just beautiful being able to see that and seeing them attend mass, you know. The snacks help during service, <laughs> but they're, they're there because they want to be there. They're not there because we're making them be there. They're there because they know they have an obligation to the Lord. And they know that even though my oldest is a tomboy, she knows that every Sunday, mommy gets to pick out her outfit for mass. Every Sunday, she has to look decent. She's not just going to wear gym shorts and a baggy t-shirt. And she likes, she actually likes dressing up for Jesus. Wow. It's so good to hear, especially I guess, in our world today where people don't, a lot of people aren't making that commitment to their faith. Uh, and, and some people are given the gifts of the faith by being baptized into the church. Uh, but, but, you know, you never took any of that for granted because, you know, you had that traumatic childhood and, you know, the, the accident that happened that some people could have completely turned away from God, but you didn't. So you can't take it for granted. I commend you. you can't take anything for granted. My husband, after his accident, he was saved and he was airlifted to a city hospital similar to me. Um, he was comatose when he arrived and he was in and out of a coma for about three months. And during the, that coma, his feeding tube was installed incorrectly. So they were pumping him full of food into his peritoneal cavity. He had a fever that was off the charts and doctors almost killed him. And he still, the first word that he said was still Jesus when they took the feeding tube out. He wow. still was talking to his father. And if that's not a testament to God being amazing and him having to go through all of the speech therapy and all of the therapies that he's had to go through, if that's not a testament to God being good and to just being present in everyone's lives, no matter in what way he's there, it's a testament. And there's so, it's so incredible all the different ways that you can see God and you can experience the Eucharist and it was in the middle, midst of this pandemic that I'm sitting in my living room and I'm attending mass and I'm like Brendan do you smell that he's like 
what are you talking about? And so I'm like, I just put it to the wayside and then I smell it again. And my entire living room smelled like it was like a field of roses. Mm. Mary wow. was present in my living room during mass, during the pandemic. And it was just gorgeous and beautiful. And the kids were being crazy and the kids were running around and they weren't staying focused. But for that moment, in that moment, during that mass, Mama Mary was there mm. and she was giving me hope. Let me know, you know, the kids are going to be crazy. Things are going to happen. They're not going to understand. Yeah. Wow. Life's going to happen. You have the most beautiful story. Um, I would also like to invite you, Nicole. <laughs> we'll have to talk afterwards because there's another podcast, uh, not only through Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, but also through the foundation that I'm the director for. Um, I'm the director for the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, and we minister to families in crisis. We offer, offer spiritual accompaniment. I would love for you to be a guest on that podcast, too. So we have to talk about that because your story needs to be heard by many people. Yeah. And I just want to thank you so much for your beautiful faith testimony. And we're coming close to the end of the show. I wondered if you had any kind of concluding thoughts before we end. I again want to invite people to connect with you because you are a motivational speaker and an author, wife and a mother. As far as this motivational speaker is concerned and the work that you do there, I want to ask people to consider uh, contacting you about this at trialsoffaith.com. Nicole Flynn is her name. She's from Cincinnati, Ohio. So I would invite all of you to consider it, talk to your pastors, talk to your friends, because Nicole and her husband, Brendan, would be excellent guests. I don't know if, if all the churches now are doing those in-person events, but certainly an, uh, an online event might be something they could consider at this time. Um, in conclusion to this whole entire podcast, I just want to say that I hope that you all have felt the spirit because as Anne is extending this invitation to me, my whole entire body, the spirit just flew throughout my entire body and gave me chills. Wow. So I hope that you all have gotten some kind of similar experience throughout hearing my story, throughout hearing a little bit of my husband's story and that you will I encourage you also to read my blog. Somehow, we hopefully somehow we can work out some way to communicate. Email from trialsoffaith.com because I'm open to and wanting to speak and give hope to as many people as God allows me to. Mm. Because God is good. He is here. Even in this crazy, totally dysfunctional new era that we are living in he is here and he is working and i'm here to do his work and spread his beauty and give whatever message he gives me that you guys need because awesome he is amazing he is. he is amazing. You are amazing too. <laughs> you and your husband and your kids. And I know that you're 32, about 32 weeks pregnant. So we also wish you well with the rest of this pregnancy as the summer is concluding and, yes. and hope, wish you uh, well health and, and for the baby as well. And for a beautiful delivery in, in everything that's coming. Amen. Amen. Uh, folks, I want to also extend an invitation as we're wrapping up. Uh, of course, uh, head over to Trials of Faith uh, for all about uh, Nicole and, and her amazing uh, story and everything. I really encourage you to visit her website. Uh, but I also want to uh, extend an invitation to you to visit uh, the Patchwork Heart website as well, patchworkheart.org. Uh, as you're listening to Nicole's story uh, and, you know, we're hearing about some of the things going on in the pandemic, um, we, we've just released a brand new resource called the, uh, the Fearless Scriptural Rosary. And what we 
did at Patchwork Heart Ministries, we took um, many of the Bible passages that say, be not afraid or fear not, uh, which there are 365 of. Um, but what we did is we took uh, some of our favorite ones and we paired them with the rosary. Uh, you can pray it with any of the mysteries of the rosary, but we paired it with the rosary, and it's a free resource for you, uh, especially during this time of the pandemic, when you might be uh, a little bit afraid of what's going on out there in the world. Uh, you're, you're watching and seeing uh, the the world uh, just kind of, you know, go crazy, and uh, we don't always have control of it, um, But and we're trying to figure things out. And so the rosary is one of those things that brings peace, peace into homes, into hearts, into the world. And uh, as, as Nicole has mentioned in her story, uh, it's, it's very central. Uh, so I encourage you to check out this uh, new resource that we have on our website. Uh, it'll actually pop up the moment you visit it. You enter your email, uh, and you'll be able to download uh, this free PDF resource. Uh, really encourage you to go over to patchworkheart.org and download uh, the... Uh, Fearless Scriptural Rosary. Uh, but uh, Nicole, thank you so much for your witness today, uh, and thank you as always uh, for, for all the things that you're doing to, uh, to promote and help us. Uh, you want to just give us a quick uh, note on who is coming up on Thursday? Oh yes, Thursday is going to be a good one too. That's 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Patchwork Heart. We will have Donna Heckler. She is an author, a speaker, and an advisor. She uh, has so much to offer. So please join us for Donna Heckler on Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern. Awesome. Well, Thanks, folks. everyone. Yes. Thank you, Nicole. It was awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Sewing Hope. And until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Art Ministry, the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation, and Fiat Ministry Network, Keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sowing hope into broken hearts. I'm Bill Snyder. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at pwhministry or andesantis.com. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith and I was attending Mass, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck wrote in my faith. I did not want to become Catholic. I came into the church kicking and screaming. I even left for a period because I was like, I, I can't. All my plans that I had are gone now. So I tried to go back only, and that's only to come back later on because of the, ultimately because of the Eucharist. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. My husband comes home from work and I tell him what is going on with me oh, and he's no, like, oh, okay. Like, oh, and I'm like, no, 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 okay. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit. And you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. 
There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? <laughs>